What if I choose not to decide? You're still deciding. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. And so we're thrilled that we've been able to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And it's where we get to share techniques, thoughts, tips, tools, tactics, and some truths that we all need. We all deserve you, I, everyone, so we can turn our house into home and our families thrive and we live the best life possible. We're going to consider that even inside the real estate industry, the relationship's about to change. We've alluded to it in other episodes, and now we're going to give you what there is to know. Yeah, a quick summary, basically. Uh-huh. Let's see if we can do this without mm-hmm. creating additional confusion or chaos. Yeah, so phase two of Tressa, they okay. call it Tressa 2002, right? is coming out. It's replacing, or it has replaced REBA, Real Estate Business Brokers Act, mm-hmm. to 2002. Why they didn't update it to 2021 or 2022. They- or 2023, because it's not coming into effect until December 1st. Yeah, phase two. Phase two. And there'll be a phase three as well. So phase right. one already came in. Uh, that made most changes for real estate practitioners. Right. Like so what people- we could call ourselves and that we could have a personal corporation and stuff like that. The next phase two is affecting you the consumer, in significant ways. I mean, the last time the industry was turned a little bit upside down on its head was 1994 when I joined into real estate. That's why it turned upside down, right? Because he came into the industry? No. No. Okay. It was because they introduced buyer representation. And prior to that, every agent worked for the seller. And even if you shopped around, you know, with Yetta for – for six months looking for a house and you were referred Mm -hmm. by your parents to her. And then when you found the right house you wanted to put an offer in, suddenly Yetta had to change hats and she was no longer working for you. She was working for the seller as a sub-agent. That that, was prior to 1994. And that was all real estate agents in residential real estate sales in the province of Ontario. Everyone represented the seller and it was through... Um, a sub-agency contract that existed between agents. Yeah. Right? And And so buyers, the confusion mm -hmm. was, and the reason it came in that things changed in 94 was that buyers, for the most part, didn't understand it. And Mm -hmm. here we are basically 20 years later. Changing it again. And most people still don't understand it. (laughs) No, but it's true. There's a lot of confusion. exactly. And so to really understand... Tressa 2002, and Tressa stands for Trust and Real Estate Act. So it's a law, right? Mm-hmm. Acts are laws that are put in by the government, mm-hmm. and they're changing the way we can work with real estate. So when buyer rep came out, they also had this thing called customer service. Customer service meant you could help somebody give as them a information realtor. as a realtor. You could help somebody as a realtor and give them information. And you weren't representing their best interests. They, you still had to be ethical and honest and answer questions properly. 
And what they've said is now we're going to get rid of customer service. Buyer rep's still there. So when Ken's saying buyer rep, what he's saying is buyer representation. So, or what we have come to call within our industry, you were a client, meaning we owed you working in your best interest, protecting you, fiduciary responsibilities, advising, Mm -hmm. coaching, counseling, deciding what information you would need, providing it to you, knowing what we know in our industry and being proactive in giving you everything that we could possibly think you would want to know, even if you didn't ask for it. That was client or buyer representation. Mm -hmm. That's not going anywhere. That still exists. That's, for the most part, what is still going to be the forerunner. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it's becoming more important. Right. Because they've taken away customer and they've replaced that with self represented. Mm-hmm. Now you might think, oh, they just changed the name. That's what I first thought. Oh, they changed it from customer to self-represented. Right. But no, no, no. It's like you going into a court of law and you're going to go in there self-represented. You're not getting a lawyer to, to represent you. And you're going to fight your case against another skilled lawyer who knows the laws in and out. And there's a judge adjudicating you're going to be self-represented. So that's your choice now, is you can be self-represented or you can be represented by a real estate agent. And this is not going to come into place. Like we're in September right now. We've decided we want to give you the goods as much as we have the goods. And Ken being the president of the Ottawa Real Estate Board and sitting on the task forces both for federal and provincial real estate means he's kind of at the forefront getting the news, getting the information as it's coming out. So you have a couple of months now to prepare because nothing's changing until after November 30th. Right now, you could still as choose to be a customer, which just means we still owe you our code of ethics. We still have to treat you ethically and fairly. We just are not working on your behalf, not in your best interest as a customer. So the words customer and client, I think it's too bad they both start with C. And for most people in any other industry, they would sound like the same thing. That's Mm -hmm. what I think. I think that's why there's been so much confusion for the last 19 years because the thing everybody yeah. says to me is, what's the difference between so, a customer and a client anyway? Aren't they the same? Right. So no. Th- so this is creating more clarity with the wording and mm-hmm. what can be done. So RICO, which is the Real Estate Council of Ontario, that's our governing body. They are creating a 12-page disclosure manual, basically, mm-hmm. on explaining agency and what your rights are and all that kind of stuff under Tressa 2002. Now, if you want a copy of that, email us at together at Decker team and just say together at Decker Yes. Thank you. Just say guide just, guide. and we'll, when it's available, it's not out yet. Mm-hmm. We will send a copy to you. And we're going to do more shows on this because yeah. although it's dry, 
It's the only way to provide mm-hmm. you so you can make a wise choice right. in your real estate relationship. So now, if you don't this- understand it, you <clears throat> can't do it. I yes. know we both have so much to say. We're so excited. We're cutting you off. And yet it's a dry subject. This so is, that's this fascinating. This is really practical. How it's going to affect the buyer mm-hmm. is that in the past, if you called, say, on my property that we have listed for sale, we could say, oh, yeah, we have – there's three – or other in the neighborhood, would you like me to show those to you as well? As a customer, I could do that. I could show other people's listings. Under New Tressa 2002, I cannot show a self-represented person. If you're self-represented, I can only show you my listing in my company. I cannot show you any other listings by any other companies. Unless you sign buyer representation, and now I'm representing you, now I can do everything for you. Right. So this is a big deal, actually. If you're a buyer, if you're a seller, this part of it isn't going to feel that different. Right. But hang on, there's more. Yeah, there's lots of changes, and we're going to cover those in the next segment. So when you're asked to sign a buyer representation or to go self-represented, what do you think you will choose? And we're glad that we can position you to build wealth wisely because it's about much more than just money. Choices, choices, everywhere choices. And now in real estate, even more choices. We're excited that we've created for you free access to over 603 Life's Inside Track episodes where we share insider tips, making house home, how to get the most out of your space. And the great news is you get access or you can get access to them from home, from the office or on the go. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, you know what I'm going to say. Subscribe to the Decorate Team YouTube channel so you can get access as soon as they come out. We're going to explore in this segment designated agency, which is probably not something you've thought about or heard about or even pondered, but in the real estate world, as we've talked about, things are changing. Relationships are are shifting as of Mm -hmm. December 1st. Yeah, phase two of the Trust in Real Estate Act, which we fondly call TRESA, Trust in Real Estate Act 2002. Phase two is rolling out December 1st. And what does it mean? Well, in the past, we only had agency as far as the brokerage went. And agency, what we're talking about is your relationship, even though you might work with Ken Decker when he was helping you buy, sell, or invest in real estate, you technically were a client of Solid Rock Realty, Mm -hmm. right? So your real estate agent is an independent contractor that's connected to a brokerage. And the legal relationship that you had, the only option was that it was connected to the brokerage. Right. If you signed a buyer representation or a listing agreement to sell your house, which it was actually with the brokerage. Right, which is a seller representation. Right. Listing Mm -hmm. documents is the same as a seller being represented to sell real Mm -hmm. estate. So it's like hiring a lawyer. That lawyer has fiduciary responsibilities to you. And fiduciary basically means I have to treat you like you are me. 
I'm an extension of you, and I have to protect you the same way I would protect myself. Okay, is that is that clear? That's clear, but you don't need to tell me. You need to tell. <laughs> all right. Now, all of that's changing a little bit. So what would happen is, let's say you signed up with Yetta Decker to buy a house, and then the house you loved was also listed with Solid Rock Realty, it might be with Yetta or maybe a different agent in our brokerage. It was called multiple representation because the brokerage was representing two parties, okay, and we act more like a mediator. But it took away some of the things that we could do. We couldn't negotiate. We couldn't counsel. We just said, here's what the buyer's offer is. What would you like to do? And and we couldn't say, hey, maybe you want to change the price by 5000 or whatever, we would just say, what would you like to do? Would you like to accept it, counter it, or reject it? That's the only options we could give you. And we couldn't really represent you fully, fully, fully. In the case. Of multiple representation. Right. And multiple representation would only exist and only existed, well, it exists a couple different ways. But if the brokerage was representing more than one party in that particular sale mm -hmm. on that particular property. Right. And if a buyer chose customer service, then we only represented the seller. So it wasn't multiple rep. Right. So if you didn't fully understand that piece, you're going to want to re-listen to segment A where we unpack and narrow down a little bit more on what's a customer versus a client. Okay. Client, basically, we owe you fiduciary responsibility. Customer, we just owed you really our code of ethics, meaning being reputable. Mm -hmm. So here's where Tressa 2002 really changes, mm -hmm. is they've added designated agency, which is kind of interesting. It means that, let's say you want Yetta to represent you. you could, Yetta could be, okay, I'm going to be designated as your agent, and maybe Ken has the listing or another agent in our brokerage has the listing. That person could choose designated agency for them individually. For that seller. For that seller. So now the brokerage still has oversight to make sure that the transaction is done well, the deposit is deposited the way it should be, and that the agents act ethically and all that. But they're no longer the agent. It's the individual sales rep, the individual realtor is now the designated agency or agent, right? We always called us agents, but we weren't really. <laughs> no, it's just that's the language of the industry. So no wonder if you're confused right now, you are not alone. The reality, even realtors are confused about the changes that are taking place and even the way in which real estate is structured. So if you need some clarity, We'll give you, if you email us together at DeckerTeam.com, the new 12-page brochure or document, whatever you want to call it, that explains self-representation and will also provide you all the other amazing documents we have and we'll answer your questions because we're doing our utmost right now to get rid of ambiguity, get rid of confusion, get rid of the chaos that whirls in your mind. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the questions so many of our clients are asking is, why does this matter? Like, who cares that the changes are happening in the real estate industry the way yeah. they are? <laughs> it's a good question. You won't care until it affects you. Right. When you're in the middle of a transaction and it affects you, 
That's when you need to understand it and you need the care. So multiple rep isn't disappearing. Multiple representation is not disappearing. It can still exist. But designated agency is being added. And for a buyer, why would you want designated agency? Because now that person, that that individual realtor can 100% look after your interests. They can give you counsel on negotiating. They can make sure your interests are protected. Now, they still got to negotiate with the other agent. but you need On to, your behalf, On your though. behalf. So now you have mm-hmm. that agent in your pocket, so to speak, that's protecting you. In your corner. In your corner. Thank you. That's a better thing yeah. in pool, in the corner, the pockets. No. And then as a seller, you still have somebody under designated agency who can represent your best interests, negotiate on your behalf, and counsel you 100%. Even when it's the same brokerage that's involved on both sides of the Mm -hmm. transaction. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen that often. It's probably less than 5% of the time that the seller and the buyer are both working with someone in the same company. So this is not going to affect the vast majority of the times that you're buying and selling. It is for the minority, but it's in the minority of situations where people feel taken advantage of, right? where it, it feels ugly, where they don't know what's going on, where there's confusion mm-hmm. and there's no need for it. That's why it's trust in real estate. The changes are designed to make more trust in the real estate industry mm-hmm. for the sellers and the buyers, more transparency and more trust. Mm-hmm. Now, it makes a bigger difference yet. If, if a brokerage has 500 real estate agents or a brokerage has three, the odds of having in the past multiple rep was much bigger with a mm-hmm. big brokerage than it was with a wee little brokerage, right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah, Wessam Fozzi, he said, the quality of life is built on the quality of your decisions. Mm. Together, we're clarifying your options because wisdom will flow for you. Hayetta, open or closed? Open, always open. Are you sure? Oh, maybe not. For over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you, not only selling, buying, and investing in real estate over 3,117 times, but coming alongside you to build your fun, build your faith, build your finances, build your family, even strengthen, heal, and flourish inside relationships. What we're going to discover this time is inside relationship of real estate, things are about to get interesting. You're going to get to choose whether you want to have open or closed. Who's you? The seller is going to get to choose whether they want open or closed information when they have more than one offer on a property. That's right. And I love the way you said when there's more than one offer. Because I thought that if it's an open process that you could give the information of what the seller wants to disclose. First of all, the seller is going to have the right to choose how much information they disclose. The number of offers still must be disclosed, just like it is right now. How many offers? So if there's a multiple bid, your your agent and yourself 
are going to be informed that there's two, three, five, ten, whatever number of offers there are. Right. When Ken's saying you, he's saying if you're a buyer that has shown interest in the property. And you want to put an offer And in. you want to put an offer in. The one piece of information we are obligated legally to disclose right now is the listing company is how many offers there are. Not who they're from, not any information, not even what the irrevocable is on the offer actually is to be disclosed. You can only disclose how many mm. yep. and only to those that have interest or an intending to bring an offer. Yeah. So when TRESA, Trust in Real Estate Act 2002, comes into play in Ontario on December 1st, phase 2023. Yeah. Phase 2's coming out and sellers can choose whether they want to have an open or a closed offer situation, which means they can disclose if it's open, they can disclose different information. They cannot disclose the identity of the parties involved. Meaning if you're a buyer that's brought an offer in, they can't tell someone else that's brought an offer in who you are or what your name is. Right. That's private information. The Privacy Act is going to override the process of an open offer mm -hmm. negotiation. So right. private information pertaining to the other party, right. the buyer side, is going to be held in utmost confidence like it is now. Right. Now, the, the seller can now choose beyond the number of offers which must be disclosed. They can choose to say, mm -hmm. oh, we're just going to give the prices or we're going to give the price and the closing date or we're going to give the price, the closing date and the terms in the offer or the conditions that are in the offer. Mm -hmm. They can disclose a bunch of things that they want, or they can just disclose one item. It's their choice. Now, the other thing is the seller can change their mind, which like blows my mind. So they can start off closed, saying it's sealed bid like it is now. All offers come in. Nobody knows about them except for the seller. And the, the seller listing chooses, agent. And the listing agent and the seller chooses. With an open system, they can now disclose to the other parties that are giving offers. And that's one thing I'm looking for clarity from, and, I'm, and we'll do more research on that. The way the legislature is written, it says when a second offer comes in, so now there's multiples, those people can find out what the offer is. If there's only one offer, it's still a sealed bid, as far as I can tell by reading what's out in the legislature. It won't be that now I can advertise that to any and all parties and say, hey, does anybody want to beat this amount? I don't believe that's the way it's going. It's only for other people that have put in a bona fide offer. Right. Which And a bona fide offer means that it is writing, that it has a consideration or a deposit that will be provided at a certain time, and it is on a legally binding document and paper. Mm -hmm. Right, like agreement yeah. of purchase and sale. If you haven't brought that in or an offer to purchase that's in writing, a verbal offer is in fact not an offer. It is not worth the paper. It is not written <laughs> on. That's right. So if you've done a verbal, this doesn't pertain to you. 
Right. It's only for written received offers that would have an irrevocable. Mm -hmm. And irrevocable is a big word that simply means for how long the offer is open for consideration to the other party. Mm -hmm. So what I'm just going to unpack it a tiny bit because this is confusing stuff if you don't do it every day. We let it roll off our tongue because 35 years later, we better. When a buyer says, here's my offer, this is how much money I'm willing to offer. These are the conditions, which there may or may not be. These are the terms, the things that don't have a out, but are simply to be adhered to. You And this is the price. This is the deposit. This is the closing date. Then it's going to be available that all the detail, that offer, is going to be open for consideration to the seller until a certain time and date. One minute, 30 seconds after that time and date, if it says noon on September 15th, then at 12.01, right afternoon on September 15th, that offer is no longer available to be accepted by the seller. That's mm -hmm. what irrevocable represents. Yeah. When a seller does a counter offer in writing back to the buyer, which happens frequently enough, it will also have an irrevocable from the seller to the mm -hmm. buyer. If it yeah. was till 6 p.m. and it's now 6.03, it is no longer available for the buyer to accept. Right. And so if they sent that offer back with an mm -hmm. irrevocable of 6 mm -hmm. p.m. and at 4 p.m. they got a second offer that they really like, mm -hmm. they cannot accept that because the other offer is out to the first buyer till 6 p.m. and it's irrevocable, which means they cannot take it back. So the buyer has till 6 p.m. If they accept it any time in that period, then they've conditionally or firmly bought the property, depending on whether there was conditions in the original offer. Right. And that's what irrevocable really means. So I don't think we've ever done that good a job unpacking it. <laughs> and it's a, it's a confusing thing for a lot of people, even mm -hmm. if they bought or sold five houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if trust is confusing you, it's confusing the real estate industry. And that's why we're spending so much time helping you understand it and getting the information out there. So if you want to send us an email at together at deckerteam.com, we'll make sure you get a copy of that guide when it's available. It's not available as as of this And time. we will do some more Q&A things like send in your questions, ask us for clarity. We have most of it. And what we don't have, we will get to you once it is available. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's lots of fun. Open or closed, you called for it. You demanded it because when the market was so hot, consumers were upset that we had closed bid systems. Now the seller can choose closed or open. And frankly, I still think it might actually advantage, might be advantageous to the seller. To what? To go closed and open. Oh, closed <laughs> and then open. Confusion. <laughs> so we're grateful that you joined us on Life's Inside Track because when we move forward together, we've got this. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.